0: You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to have you along on this podcast. Uh, we hope that you will enjoy this time together as we look at distractions. Distractions. Oh my goodness, do we have those? They can mess up our relationship with God. Distractions today on Words of Encouragement. This morning I, I entitled this, The Courage to Stand, but now that I think about it, uh, I could a subtitle could be, Dealing with Distractions. I have a question, and it's almost like a William Faulkner question, okay? So if you're familiar with him and his short sentences, then you'll know what I'm saying. Are you brave enough to stand against people or anything that would have you put all your energy into something other than that which pleases God. Anything that is a distraction with our relationship with God, anything that distracts us from that relationship that we need to have, that I need to have, that you need to have with God is a distraction. It could be something as small as a television show that has you missing church, although that is not as common as it used to be because now you can record your show. Ever since the VCR, you could do that. Uh, but that's, that, it could be something as little as a TV show that you want to watch live or as big as a hobby that pulls you away from meeting with God on a daily basis. It could be anything. But you and I must guard the relationship that we have with God. We cannot afford to have anything, anything mess with our relationship with Him. And this morning I want us to look at three men who were so determined to maintain their relationship with God that they almost died because of that commitment that they had to God. Uh, If you are able and you are willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. The Bible says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. We learn from those in the Bible. We learn from the stories of the Bible, these true stories in God's word that teach us that We can, with the help of God, be victorious in in situations. Look at verse 1 of chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. The first thing I want you to see is... This, the, the, the distraction from God is created here in, in our passage this morning. We see it's created. Uh, and really, that's not the word we should use. Only God creates. But it was made. It was fashioned. And this, this image, this uh, statue, this image of gold, you think, wow, okay, 60 cubits. Wow, that really makes sense. And you may have a translation that translates the, that for you. Uh, It is estimated 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. Still, that doesn't help you. Uh, To give you a reference, that is 10 stories high. 10 stories. We see 2-story homes, 3-story. Think about 10 stories. So this is a very big image of gold that has been set up by the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. It's the construction, it was constructed this high so that it would draw attention to itself so that people could see it from afar off. The point is, it was accessible by all. So everybody had a, they could see it. Everybody could see this image. uh, Nebuchadnezzar made it very, very prominent in the area there. When thinking about distractions from God today, what do we have that would be similar? What, what do we have that is a similar distraction, a distraction that would pull us away from God, like a golden image, something that we could see, something that's easily accessible? I thought about television, radio. Does anybody really listen to radio anymore? But uh, <laughs> radio and the Internet comes to mind, easily accessible, I mean, you can, you can get on that internet wherever you are. You've, many of us have phones that allow us to get on the internet. Uh, easily accessible. And yes, you would probably agree, easily uh, declared as distractions from God. Oh, wow, a screen. I mean, we, ju- we're just, we just get distracted so easily. And it pulls us away from time with God. If we give ourselves over to these things... And it's all that we concern ourselves with day after day, then we have allowed our relationship with God to go bad. We've allowed our relationship with God not to be as good as it needs to be if we're giving ourselves over to these distractions in our lives. I ask you this morning, what is your distraction from God? What is your distraction? What is it that distracts you from God? Is it a hobby? Is it something you just like to do? What is your distraction? Well, next we see the order is given to worship the statue. And choices have to be made. And they are made. King Nebuchadnezzar decided all people needed to worship this statue. He gave an order to the people. Look at verses 4 through 7. It says he gave, he gave the order and then he gave, obviously he gave it to someone to give to the people. Uh, because that's how you do it when you're king. Hey, you know... You got people. (laughs) You got people and you use those people. And so this is what he's done. In verse 4, it says, Then the herald loudly proclaimed, To you the command is given, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. Ooh, boy, it's covering everybody here. That at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. Okay, so the command has been given to bow when you hear the music. Uh, Now, I I don't know that Baptists uh, do anything similar to that. We're not like that, Uh, are we? I remember growing up in vacation Bible school, and you had a certain sit-down chord and a certain stand-up chord. So we don't, we don't, we're, we're not in any way like anything in the Bible, are we? No, no. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, th- I found that interesting, but bum, 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 and you'd sit down. And, uh, but these, look, this is what the king had set up. He had all this music was going to play and all the people were going to bow in, in relation to this statue, this image, this golden image. And so look, listen to verse 5. Or verse uh, six. But whoever does not fall. Oh, there's uh, there's some, uh, you know, there's some uh, little uh, things that go along with this bowing. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. Now, this is what you call forced worship. This is what you call forced worship. This is not freedom. There is no freedom in these people's heart. This is forced upon them. There is nothing they can. Well, they have a choice. Notice they do have a choice. Verse seven. Therefore, at that time, when all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe and all kinds of music. All the peoples, nations and men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king had set up. They made their choice. They had a choice. The king implies it, whoever does not fall, so there is a choice not to fall down in front of this image. You have a choice, so there's a choice there, but it looks like all the people, almost all the people, it says all the peoples, nations and men of every language fell down and worship the golden image. They can be put to death for refusing to worship this distracting statue, or they can simply choose life. Be pro-life and give up any personal beliefs of their own. And decide that whatever the king says. Well, we're just going to worship. We're just going to do this because the king said it. And because I might die if I don't. So I don't want to die. So I just, I guess the easy choice is to bow down like the king said. And everything will be fine. So they're pro-life. But it's not the situation you want to be in. They chose to bow before this image, this statue When given the choice, when you are given the choice to give time to your uh, distraction, what do you do? Do you bow to your distraction or do you reject it? If there is an order coming from anyone, it is the one that comes from the devil himself that says, oh, you can do this. It's okay. It's just a distraction, but it's not a big deal. You're not going to do it all the time. He knows you will if he can if he can make you. Oh, you're not going to do it all the time. One time's not going to hurt. You're just missing out a little time with God, it's not a big deal. That devil is slick. That devil is slick. He will help you to think that you're okay. And you don't need to spend that time with God. And you're listening to him and and he he will throw distraction after distraction. One of his best weapons in his arsenal is distraction. And he can and he uses it a lot and he uses it well. And he knows that it works because we are distracted. We get distracted. And the king ordered this type of worship. He ordered this distraction. But we're not given an order, except maybe by the devil. And we don't have to listen to him. He wants nothing more than to distract you from maintaining your relationship with God. That's his job, is to distract you. And if he can do that, if he can use something to distract you from something as simple as reading your Bible, he will. He will use it. He will do whatever he can. So how do you respond when your distraction calls for attention? How do you respond when your distraction calls and says, Hey, you know, here's a notification on your phone. You need to look at it. Oh, you need to look at it. I now, I, I got to I, say, well, I can't, I can't share, but I have a, I do. I have a friend who likes to share a lot and I, and I could sit all day looking at every notification that comes in, but I show, I, you know, there's a mute on my phone and it's awesome. And I don't hear those. Till I want to look at them. <laughs> it's like, wow, look at that. That's cool. But look, how do you respond when your distraction calls for attention? What do you do? What do you do? Well, the next thing we see is the order to worship is rejected. Ah, there were some who rejected. There were some who chose other than to bow down. And it's rejected by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Certain Chaldeans who were most likely the priests uh, of Bel Belmordach who didn't like the Jews, brought complaints to the king. Oh, there's some Jews. They're not, li- look, they're not bowing. They're not bowing, King, Keb- king Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> king Nebuchadnezzar, they're not bowing. They're not bowing. You got to do something about it. We're going to report them. And it sounds very much like what happened in Nazi Germany, doesn't it? Except those rules got tighter and tighter and tighter. Well, here they are. They tattled on them. Look at verse 12. Uh, Verse 12, we find it says, there were certain Jews among whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely, (laughs) uh, not going to name any names, namely uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They did not serve your gods or or worship the golden image which you have set up. So they tattle on these Jews and hoping... In hopes that they would get rid of them. Hoping they would get rid of them. The king then has them brought before him. He's angry. He's angry. He's made a... Look, he's commanded everybody to bow to this image. And and somebody did not. Excuse me. Someone did not. He's angry. The Bible says he was in a rage. He gives these men an opportunity again to bow and live. And they respond in verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king... Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. Oh, my. The king had asked, who's going to deliver you out of, out of, out of my hands? Who's going to do it? They said, we don't have to answer you. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Ooh! but even if he does not. Here's where the courage of these men come in. If he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So their choice is to not bow. They will not bow to this golden image. They will not bow to this distraction from the relationship that they have with the Lord. They will not. They know, they know, look. It would would mess up their relationship with God. Their, Their relationship with God is worth more than life itself. They will not let this come in between them and God. What about you? What about me? Are we willing to give up our distractions in order to walk closer with God? Oh, it's going to be hard if our distractions become a habit, if our distraction has become something that just is part of our lives that we do all the time. It's going to be hard. Stop letting it distract us from our relationship with the Lord. Are you willing to give up the distraction even, even if it means death to you? Something similar to what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could happen to us in our lifetime. It's highly possible that we would have uh, something that we would have to pledge our allegiance to other than God, and it would be a whole system of beliefs that counter the Bible, God's word. That could happen. The point is, we must be willing to maintain our relationship with the Lord no matter what. No matter what distraction comes our way. No matter what comes our way. It could be an ordered distraction by a government agency. Or it could be something simple, as simple as peer pressure in our lives. It could be something as simple as peer pressure. Hey, you, hey, you can skip church today. It's no big deal. Hey, you don't have to read your Bible now. Can't you do that later? Oh, it could be something as simple as peer pressure in our lives that is our distraction. However that distraction comes, however that distraction comes, I I pray that we can stand up and reject it outright in order to be in right relationship with the God who loves us. I hope that we can say no to the distraction and say, no, 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 my relationship with God is more important. This is more important than anything in my life. I have got to get this right. Will you say no to a distraction that comes your way? Will you say no to a distraction that comes your way? The fourth thing, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are punished. Oh my goodness, this is not good. (laughs) The king is mighty upset, so much so that the Bible says his facial expression was altered toward these men. I love that. Uh, Disfigured. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I I I always tried to imagine what kind of face did he give? I went, th- I, 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 you don't need to know that I looked in the mirror trying to figure out what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was just, disfig- I mean, he was, he was so angry at these guys, so upset. He gives the order to heat the furnace seven times hotter than it usually is heated. I mean, we're getting this thing blazing hot. We're going to teach these guys a thing or three, Amen. Uh, Look at verse 20 through 23. It says, He commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, and their other clothes, and were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason... Because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame of the fire slew those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now these, uh, they, oh my goodness, valiant warriors, he lost them because of the, the order to make it so hot and because he was so mad and he was going to get rid of these three Jew, Jewish boys. It, just not going to do it. Not going to have this happening. Look at verse 23. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire still tied up. You rejecting your distraction in your life may not get you in a furnace of fire. It may not happen like that for you, but it could bring some peer pressure like you might not ever expect. You may be You may be pressured to simply laugh at a racially insensitive joke. You may be pressured to partake of something you know is bad or would ruin your reputation. You may be distracted to the point where you're just you're you're tempted to be a part of something like that. And these distractions pull you off center, off the path to being more like Christ. God, look, I think the way I see it, there's there's this path and it's Heading toward Christ, obviously God is with you, His Spirit is with you. But God is making you to be more like Jesus and you're going down that path and there's distractions that come right and left, pulling you to the right and pulling you to the left and pulling you off off the path. And God says, stay on the path. Stay on the path. These men decided to stay on the path. They're solid. They're not about to allow themselves to be turned away from God and to worship some statue. That's not going to happen. They knew the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. They knew what they were supposed to do, and they did it. Even if it meant they were going to die. And it sure looked that way. Boy, I mean, you know, (laughs) it's looking really bad. Uh, I know one of our members uh, says, she... We were talking about Jonah, and she said, you know, preacher, I know what's going to happen. I said, shh, don't tell anyone. Uh, She would tell me today, shh, (laughs) I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I'd say, shh, it's okay, it's okay. We're going to get there. You might be penalized in some way for saying no to your distraction. More than likely, it will be peer pressure. More than likely, it will be your friends who are saying to you, look, it's not that big a deal, it's not that big a deal. You don't have to take it so seriously. Don't take all this worship of God so seriously. You listen to the Lord. You do what you know you should do. You stand for God. You do the right thing. You do not allow yourself to be distracted. What happens? What happens to them? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are saved from the fire. Look at verse 24 through 27. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. <laughs> I like that. He stood up in haste. He stood up real fast. I mean, you know, he got a, He was like, what is this? He said to his high officials, was it not three men uh, we cast bound in the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, certainly, O king, don't you know it? Don't you know they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah you said three. Yeah, that was three, king. He said, look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. King James says the son of God. But at this point, this king has no concept of who Jesus is. Although scholars do feel it could be a pre-incarnated image, the, the body of Christ. Some scholars feel it could have been Jesus himself. There was a fourth one in that fire. Fourth one put in there by God himself. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He came near. (laughs) Doesn't say he walked up and grabbed the handle, does it? (laughs) He came near. He came near to the door. And he he responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. Whoa. I wish I could have seen this happening. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Nor was the hair of their head singed. Nor were their trousers damaged. Nor had the smell of fire even come upon them unbelievable. And yet when God's in control, it's possible. The entire situation. Wow. He is so amazed. He is so amazed that this the the entire his entire view of God has been changed. Nebuchadnezzar's entire view of God has been changed right here. Something is happening. Something's going on in Nebuchadnezzar's heart here. Look at verses 28 through 30. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Notice. Notice. Blessed be the God of Shadrach. Not, not. He didn't say, blessed be my God, blessed be my God. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's command and yielding, yielded up their bodies so as. Not to serve or worship any God except their own God. Nebuchadnezzar's got it. He sees what's happened. He's like, man, they were saved by God because they stood up and they stood up against my command. I told them what to do, but they said no. And look at this. They they said they were going to serve their God. And God saved them. Nebuchadnezzar sees it. He understands what's taking place here. Look at verse 29. Therefore, I, will make, I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses reduced to a rubbish heap inasmuch as there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. <laughs> man! <laughs> now look, now this is coming obviously from a man, a king, who does not know God very well, but he's standing up for the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's like, boy, I've seen what he can do. I see what he did, and boy, I hope nobody talks against him, because if they do, boy, we're going to tear him limb from limb. Nebuchadnezzar and the idea of redemption, salvation, forgiveness, he's not quite there yet, okay? Okay. But he's beginning to see the truth. That's what you see here. He's beginning to understand that their God is the God. He's worth standing up for. He's worth risking your life for. He is the God. And so Nebuchadnezzar is beginning to understand. It says in verse 30, Then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. So it's looking good. The entire situation went from bad to good. God used the situation to turn the heart of a king to himself. It's happening here. Obedience in the lives of of these three men, these three Hebrew men paid off. God saves them. The story would have turned out differently had they not had the courage to stand up against a mandatory distraction that came from the king. Ah, But because they did They were saved They were saved The king was impressed to the point In acknowledging God as the God And later in chapter 4 we find that he does He does acknowledge God as the God As his God Notice there These three were willing to die for their belief in God They were not about to back down They were not going to do it Whether they lived or died They were going to do it with their relationship with God intact Boy, this is tough. This is tough to preach. Are we willing to go that far? Are we willing to stand up against someone who would say, you need to worship this way, you need to do this, this look, this beautiful golden image over here, you need to worship it? Now, I, I really in no way want to offend any cat owner in the land. <laughs> but, it, it, but, but there are some people who worship cats. And then there are some who worship dogs. Okay, so we can go there too, alright? But, I mean, get a grip, you know? Where are we when it comes to distractions? Things that pull us off the path and pull us in, into giving our time and all of our effort and all of our energy into a distraction rather than God Himself. Where are we when it comes to distractions? Your life will count for something bigger than yourself when you stand for God. Whether you live or die, you will be victorious. You will be victorious. You will be able to go to your grave knowing that I did the right thing. I did the right thing. I stood up. I did the right thing. God will use you when you are obedient to Him. There's a question, though, that must be asked. Will you, will I, will we be willing to live or die with the knowledge that our life made a difference because we stood firm in our relationship with God will we be able to leave this earth knowing that we did the right thing I can't answer that for you I obviously cannot answer that for you that's a question you have to answer what is your distraction from God how do you respond when that distraction calls on you for attention when it says hey hey come over here do this let's go let's go how do you respond? Will you say no to a distraction that comes your way? You know, you might be penalized in some way if you say no to your distraction. Somebody may just make fun of you. Somebody may say, oh, you need to forget all that. You need to give all that stuff up. That's ridiculous. Nobody really believes in God anymore, do they? You be the one who says, yes, I, I, I may be the, the only one, but I'm, I'm one that does believe. You could live or die by following God. Do you have the courage? Do you have the courage to stand up like these three Hebrew boys did? These young men stood up, said, look, no, I'm not bowing. Not going to bow. I pray we can say the same. To distractions in our lives whether they're mandated by a government or or, they're, or it's simply peer pressure from a friend, I hope we can stand up against distractions and stand for God. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. It's good to have you along on this podcast, and I do hope, I do pray, that you understand the seriousness Of your relationship with the Lord. Nothing should distract you from that relationship. I know this virus has consumed our lives. Everywhere we look, everywhere we turn, there is something about the virus. Please do not let it be a distraction from your relationship with the Lord. Uh, I mean, the the mask debate Uh, should not be a debate. I mean, we should, if we're walking with the Lord, we want to take care of each other and we'll want to do uh, the right thing in order to make sure people are safe. Uh, So it shouldn't be a debate, but my goodness, we've let it become a distraction. Please concentrate and focus on your relationship with God. You need Him and He wants you. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church Church of Winsboro, Louisiana.